Hey, it's Marthea Pitts, the MSW coach, and thank you for coming back for another episode of Macro Social Work Your Way. Be sure to connect with me on social media. I'm on Instagram at the underscore MSW coach, Facebook at the MSW coach, and on LinkedIn as Marthea Pitts, the MSW coach. This is going to be a great episode. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Marthea Pitts, the MSW coach, and I am back for another episode of my podcast. I am so excited that you are here back with me today. So a brief introduction of who I am, because I know new people find me today. Um, My name is Marthea Pitts. I'm a three-time award-winning workforce development career counselor and strong, strong, strong advocate, so much so that I've dedicated my entire career um, to ensuring that career seekers, primarily students and working adults, have what they need career education information-wise, right? So career information-wise, um, what they need to start making well-informed decisions in their career, regardless of what their profession is. However, I specialize in social workers as well as um, uh, youth and young adults and and working adults who are from historically under-resourced populations in communities. And so specifically for social workers, I have a career coaching comprehensive a comprehensive that should be mentioned career coaching program where I teach helping professionals, social workers, um, how to find the good jobs they want, how to into how to apply for them, which means teaching them how to write their resumes, how to write their cover letters in a way that appeals to employers um, in non-social service spaces. So what that looks like is I help social workers get jobs um, in philanthropic organizations and research institutions um, and uh, education institutions. There's a long list. There's been over 126 of them since I've been officially counting. Um, so I have a comprehensive program that teaches them how, and I prime and, and the focus of my program is geared towards people who want to do large scale change making work, right? So I have a program, a comprehensive group career coaching program, where I teach them how to write their resumes because that's a skill they'll need for a lifetime, not just from one job. So I'm not a resume writer. I teach them how to write their resumes, how to write their cover letters. And these are not just any resumes or cover letters. These are cover letters and resumes that get interviews. And then I teach them how to master interviews for change-making, mission-driven positions because it is very different from the social service case management positions they're coming from. So if you are interested in my group career coaching program, which is called the Micro to Macro Career Accelerator for Social Workers, you can enroll at any time. The link is down in the episode show notes at macroandpaid.com. I also am a career education consultant. So what that looks like is I help P through 20 plus um, education institutions. So 
So elementary, middle, high school, post-secondary institutions, your four-year universities and colleges, even your two years um, university, well, colleges, excuse me, and technical colleges. I help teachers, professors, educational leaders reimagine how they prepare their students for the job market. Um, and I do that through consultation, uh, program design, coming in and speaking to your students, coming into speaking to your teachers and your education leaders um, about really exposing students to opportunities of career exploration, which is so important, career exploration. And so if you don't know what that is, it's larger, it's conversations focused around how, what people can do career-wise based on their skills, interests, passions, their degrees, their certifications, um, the things that they are going to school for, right? To either enhance, to get, to start building all of the things. Um, so I have spoke with numerous um, university classrooms, um, stakeholder groups, all of the things. I encourage you to visit my LinkedIn page, check out my profile, send me a request if you want me to come and help consult on something that you're working on. I would love to be a part of it. Um, one of, and I also work with non-education connected programs as well. Um, I recently uh, collaborated with one of the, um, the HBCU Career Center is a national program where I had over well over 300 registrants um, for a workshop I did on on designing purpose driven careers, which is which was geared to any profession, any major, um, any person who is interested in doing work with a meaning behind it, um, and I specialize in helping professions outside of the helping fields see how their work, even like in STEM careers, um, how they can do change-making work as well. So if you are interested in me presenting that, that workshop to that webinar to your group, contact me. My contact information is down in the episode show notes at macroandpaid.com. Um, my email address is mp at marthiapitts.com and I would love to speak with you. I've spoken with, again, like I said, numerous universities and colleges. I don't advertise it a lot, but I want to start doing more of that. Okay, so it is 4.36 a.m. 4.36 a.m. on Tuesday, October 2. And I felt compelled to come on and talk about a subject I've been talking about since Sunday. So if you don't know, Sunday I... Um, had a free webinar for um, social workers, helping professionals who feel as though they are unqualified to get the job, the social work jobs they really want, right? And so anyone that knows me knows I specialize again in jobs outside of case management, um, out of the traditional spaces where social workers work, like nonprofit social service agencies. So I specialize in helping people get jobs, to, well, social workers primarily get jobs where social workers typically do not work, right? Which is where 
large scale change making work happens. It doesn't happen in your local um, social service organization. Okay, so, um, and so in that webinar, I broke down the, the definitions of feelings and facts, right? Because the title of the workshop was, do you feel, why you feel unqualified to get the social work jobs that you want, right? So I have to always sit, establish um, context for the, any conversation that I have. I'm not going to do it here uh, because that was specifically for those who took the initiative to register and attend the webinar. So I'm not going to recap what I talked about there and, and the, the tools and strategies that I shared with them because Again, like I shared with those who were at the webinar, the fact that they were there on a Sunday evening talking about their career, kudos to you. Kudos to you. You have really been set apart from the rest because you took an opportunity and you seized it, right? Um, so let's get into it. So I provided um, some very basic definitions of feeling of feelings, which are um, derived from emotions. So we had to break down what do emotions mean as well as facts, right? And so the purpose of me do, of me doing that, excuse me, is um, I, I got kind of choked on my word. I don't know why. But the purpose of me doing that was because many of you, and this is from the last 15 years of me doing this work plus, right? And then specifically with social workers in the last five years, um, many of you operate in your career. And again, this conversation is open to anyone, but I'm just going to be referencing social workers. So this could apply if you're a teacher. This could apply if you are in the public health field. This can apply if you are in public administration, if you are in STEM careers, all of the things. So do me a favor, y'all. Share this podcast episode with someone because it will help them regardless of their profession, major or career focus, right? Um, so many people, what I noticed, and this is in my personal and professional experience, operate in their career based off of feelings instead of facts. I'll repeat that again. And I'm gonna repeat it in a different way. Many people make critical career decisions in their life based off of feelings instead of facts. And so what I mean by that is, it is not, I've, I've been a part of conversations before, be it with friends, colleagues, coaching clients, people that I don't know, people that just follow my work, where the conversation is like, um, yeah, I'm not going to apply for that job because I just don't have a good feeling about it. Or someone told me that the people there are not, um, good people, I'm just making up some generic examples. A very common thing that I hear is when people are like, I want, I'm gonna go get a certification because I feel that that will help me get the job that I really want, right? So let's stick with that question because, well, that statement, 
because that is a very common thing that people really operate, a common area in professional development, career development, where people operate a lot based on their feelings instead of their facts, which is around certifications, um, degree attainment, experience, like a lot of people think they need to volunteer for jobs um, to get the job, things like that, right? So when people come to me and say, I feel like I need a certification or I feel like I need, need another degree, my question back to them is always, have you looked at anywhere between five to 10 job descriptions for the jobs, the exact jobs, not a job that you're settling for, not a job that you just found, not a job that is somewhat similar to, but for the exact type of job that you want, right? And so 100% of the time, unless they're my coaching clients, because they know uh, I teach them um, to do better. So they now know better. Um, so they make more well-informed career decisions. So the response back is always, no, no, I have it. But I just feel like it will help me get the job, right? And this is coming from people without a career development background, people who are admittedly struggling in their own career, people who admittedly don't like their jobs, don't like anything that they do in their work, right? And so the, the response is always, I feel or either someone told me, and, and I want to tease apart the someone, the someone again is not a career development, workforce development, someone who's done the exact thing that they want to do, professional, right? It's not even coming from the hiring employer, the hiring manager. It's coming from a friend down the road, a cousin, um, a parent who has been far, far removed from the workforce. It's coming from a professor who has never worked in the workforce. They went straight into academia. Um, it's coming from colleagues who are in the same positions that the person is trying to escape and they've never worked anywhere else, right? It's coming off of, it's coming, it's coming from the opinions and feelings and experiences. And again, you have to get into the definition of how you define feelings, right? Um, of those people, people who don't have enough information to help you, accurate information. Let's be clear, because there's a lot of misinformation around careers that floods the streets. And it's a lot more that floods the social work streets. So there's not enough people there. Those people don't have enough correct career information to be imposing their feelings, their thoughts, their ideas on the validity of getting the degree or the certification, right? Because a lot of you are moving, not even, like I said earlier, not even moving based on your own feelings. You're moving off of the feelings of people around you your support system, people who mentor you, people who you've looked up to since childhood, which is great and well. But again, you, what I, the conversation I had um, in my Instagram stories about this yesterday was you don't have enough historical context to be making such critical career decisions based off of the feelings and experiences 
of people, right? So I give an example. Y'all know I'm a sample person. I love an example. So me, if you don't know, I'm a current PhD candidate. Um, I am in the educational leadership program at the Florida A&M University, right? So me going into the PhD program at my university was not something I just woke up one day and said, hey, I want to do this. No, <laughs> this, this was 20 years in the making. It was the last 10 years of me actually taking very strategic steps to this point, right? Um, that's why I'm so big about having plans for your career, right? Um, so it's a very strategic process. I didn't just wake up one year and say, I'm going to get a PhD. <laughs> no, it was a part of a much larger plan. It is a part of a much larger plan, right? So when I begin the process of like, I think I was three years out from hitting apply to my PhD program application. And I was sharing with someone, a colleague, this isn't someone I know personally, I know them for professionally, but they, I hold them in very high regard. They are very well established. They are a world-renowned person in their area, right? I'm not gonna get too far into that. And so we were talking one day as we were wrapping up a workshop we were facilitating and the person started talking to me about how promising my career is again people always pour into me because like I've told you all in past podcast episodes people have always seen it in me even when I didn't see it in myself <laughs> so this is an example of one of those situations so the person begins to pour into me asking me what my plans are, that um, I have a very promising future, all of the things, right? And so I share like, I share a part of my plan, which is in the next, well, I'm actually in the prep stages of deciding on a PhD program. I'm working on identifying my research area of interest. I'm gonna start applying in the next career, um, working on my application materials in the next year, things like that, right? And so the person then goes on to tell me how I don't need a PhD. Now, this person, I want to be fair to this person. This person didn't know that I had a very, very heavy workforce development background. They didn't know this um, because this is when I pivoted over to macro level work, um, national level change making work, systems change work. So this person didn't know this um, because this project that I was working on was not related directly to workforce development, okay? So this person was like, you don't need a, and I say that because I, I know for what I need to do, I know I need a degree. It ain't even about getting a job. It's that I know for the goals that I have, I have proved through facts that this is what I, I need, right? And even what I need is what I want, right? It's the difference between a need and a want. Um. So anyway, the person then goes on to tell me like, you don't need a PhD, which is true. I don't technically need one, right? But I didn't share with them my full plan. I don't share that with anyone, right? But anyway, um, they're like, you don't need a PhD. And they were like, you you have what you need already to do whatever I share with them at that time, right? I usually only share with people what my goals are in the next six months. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, you're right. And um, I said, but I'm still going to do it, <laughs> right? And so um, 
which again, I was taking what they were giving me because this is someone that I respect. It's an elder, it's a person that has come before me who is legendary, a trailblazer, who is you know, all of the things, right? So they go on and on about not needing a PhD. And then at the end of that, when we were like getting ready to wrap up and part ways from the conversation, they then say, right, after five minutes of convincing me that I don't need it, they then say, I tried to get my PhD one time. And I was like, oh. And they said, I tried to get my PhD one time. And I started taking the classes. And it was just a little too much for me, schedule-wise, right? Not competency-wise. At that time, they were like, it was a lot for me, just schedule-wise. I was like, oh, okay. And then they went on to say, yeah, so I wasn't able to ever go back. But if I could have, I would have did it, right? So that was my first lesson before getting other conversations from people who have blazed the, the type of trail that I'm, I'm blazing um, and therefore warnings about people and all of the things. So I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole PhD-focused conversation. So anyway, um. <laughs> so the so I walked away from that conversation and was like so do I not need it because you weren't successful right or because these are your feelings these are your experiences based on attempting to do the thing that I want to do so so I share that because many of you in your career and I hope that made sense it's 4 51 a.m in the morning I'm sure it did I know y'all got what I put out there so I share that because many of you are moving based on the feelings about a thing in your career because of other people, but you don't have enough context from them to understand why they feel that way, right? Which then in turn does not give you room because you don't have enough information to be going and making such critical decisions in your career of, I'm not going to apply for that job. I'm not going to move in that position. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to look into that or I need a certification or I need it. You don't have enough context to make decisions like that, right? So I say that because many of you right now are sitting in a space where there's a job that you know of that you can apply to right now <laughs> why are you listening to this podcast episode but you refuse to do it because your friend your co-worker told you oh the people in that department they're not nice you know you don't want to go over there or that manager she is something else right now there's a difference now sometimes <laughs> office chat is correct about managers and you know for yourself now i'm not saying go throw yourself in the fire but if this is coming from someone who is not a trusted source, then are you basing your decision to not apply for that job that can essentially change your life, the job that's paying you more money and that's doing the work that you really want to do? Are you, is your, your reluctance to apply based on feelings or facts, right? And so... Going back to the whole certification example, many people are like, I feel I need this thing, right? And so I always say, have you looked at five to 10 job descriptions that clearly say this certification or degree is needed? And they're always like, no, 
And then what happens is they get the certification, they get the degree, and then they come back out to the job market. I have my certification, I have my degree, and still can't get the job they want, right? Because the problem is not the certification or degree, it's the fact that you don't know how to use the certification or degree to get the job that you want. So you're right back in the same situation you're in. I was talking to someone the other night and I was like, the whole purpose of getting a degree is not to stay in the same job you was in before the degree. The purpose is to advance, to move to the next level in your career, right? But how many people do you know that have multiple, multiple degrees and they're still in that same job? Not because they've gotten raises or anything. It's because they don't know how to use the degree to advance. They made a decision about that degree most likely based off of feelings, not based off of facts, right? And so I want to, to make certain that I'm also clear about the reason why many of you move through your career based off of feelings instead of facts is because you don't have enough career information to make well-informed decisions in your career. And it's nothing that you did wrong. It's nothing that you're doing. Well, if you what you're doing wrong is if you've been listening to my podcast and haven't attended any of the free workshops, web paid webinars, haven't joined my career coaching program, then you might be doing something wrong. <laughs> but if you're just finding me, you're not doing anything wrong, right? You have you're you're in the right place to start arming yourself with correct career information, right? And so this goes to a much larger conversation. And this is for my people in the K through 12 space, in the higher education space. Students need conversations about careers as early as elementary school. Primary research shows that students in middle school should be getting conversations around career exploration. What can I do? When I grow up, what does that look like beyond being a teacher, a firefighter, a doctor, all of the things that are common amongst children, right? What does that take? That is where those conversations start. And so because many of you did not get conversations about that in middle school, you then go through high school, you go through higher education or you go straight into the job market, not knowing, not having enough factual information to make well-informed career decisions about the moves, education, experiences that you put into your toolbox, right? So that's why you begin to move off of feelings. So that's why I say it's not your fault. There are, there are ways to fix the problem. But you have to first be willing to admit that there is a problem instead of continuing to move off of feelings because your feelings will lead you astray every time in your career, it will. Because you know, as humans, many of us, largely, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> you are a very emotional creature, just like I am, right? But we have to understand in business settings, which is your career, 
which is your workplace. It's a business. I don't care if you are helping people, serving people. It's a business. It's operated as a business. A bureaucratic system and structure is a business. You should be treating your career as a business. I don't care if you are helping people. It's a business at the end of the day. And so when you are talking about business, your decisions, your moves should be based off of facts. Because many of you have missed life-changing opportunities in your career, moving off of your feelings. And looking back now, two years later, you are you sitting at your desk like, I should have took that job. I should have applied for that job. I should have moved to the other city and indeed that opportunity when they were doing the mass. Many of you have those thoughts. I know you do. And I don't even know you. Because you were moving off of your feelings instead of facts. Right? Now, feelings sometimes will save you. I always say as social workers, and this is for my, my social workers, use your emotional intelligence to pick up on like things and um, cultures and organizations. You have that ability as a social worker. But when it comes to like applying and should you move to this organization, should you target these types of jobs? Many of you are, or do you even, let's go back to the original conversation. Do you even qualify for the job? Many of you are basing your decisions off of feelings. I feel like I'm not qualified. Have you read a job post that told you you're not qualified? Like, have you read a job post to determine if you were qualified? You're like, oh, no, I just feel. Or I feel like I should match every bullet on the paper. Who told you that? If you, if you match every bullet on the paper, that means that you are overqualified, right? You'll see more and more in jobs that are outside of the social service sector. You'll see more and more job descriptions where employers are basically running around with billboards saying, we encourage people from historically, um, from minority groups and women to apply for the jobs because um, research shows that you are, those groups feel like they have to match job postings 100% of the time. And in the job post, they're like, if you have lived experience, if you have some of the experience, please still apply. We still want to possibly meet with you. That was my alarm going off. It's 5 a.m. Um, that's my alarm to pray. I've already prayed before I got off. So I say that to say, again, have, are you moving in your career based on feelings or facts? How do you know you, you don't qualify for that job? Did you actually crack open the job description and read it? Many of you, again, this is the whole feelings part. You see a job title and you're like, ooh, a, a large sounding job, a large powerful sounding job title on a job board. You're like, oh, no, I will. No, I can't do that. Oh, or you look at the salary and the salary is, is high. It's above 70,000, above your comfort zone. You're like, oh, no, oh, 100,000, 200, oh, no, oh, 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 no, I can't do that. You didn't even crack open the thing and read it. You're just going off of the title. If you have those reactions, you are moving based off of your feelings instead of your facts. And 90% of the time, if you crack open that job description, you would be surprised at what it says on the inside. You would be surprised. You, you may you may just meet the requirements. 
but you're moving off of your feelings instead of your facts. So you missed the opportunity because you wouldn't even allow, your feelings wouldn't even allow you to open the job description, to gather data, to make fact-based decisions. You get my point? You get it? So I share all of that because I was reading something the other day about the confidence gap among minority career seekers, job seekers, right? And so I, from what I know as of right now, and I'm still doing my research on it, I don't believe that, that well, in the article it was saying something, on, well, not something, it was saying that uh, the confidence gap amongst minority job seekers is uh Kind of they were alluding to the fact, well, they didn't allude, they gave a definition of what the confidence gap is and that is derived from a psychological like belief or blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm not clinical, right? But I want to say that the confidence gap in my experience from working with hundreds, 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 well before working with social workers, I keep telling y'all, I was helping people get my job in my city, get jobs, a place where it's hard to get a job, a good quality job a good paying job, a city that was in 2017 identified to be the most economically segregated city in the nation. That's the same year I was on the front lines helping my career seekers get jobs. I won three national and statewide awards. So I say that the confidence gap is, or let's, let's, let's term it this way. The confidence issues that I see in career seekers and the people that I work with is not attributed to a psychological reason. It's attributed to the fact that they do not have enough career information, correct career information to make well-informed career decisions. Because in the article they were saying about how there's this huge need um, of people in the STEM fields, right? But due to the confidence gap and in all fairness they did go in and drive out some root cause reasons right um due to the confidence gap and uh people not having enough career education um career information about what stem careers are and that people with non-stem backgrounds are prime are the majority in stem careers like in marketing communications and different departments like that right um I want to say that in my experience, the, the confidence that people lack is because they don't have enough information. And I think I kind of lost my point where I was going about the article. No, I was just, I wanted to provide you all with the context, right? So the point is that you all don't have enough information to say, oh, this is what I want to do. Or I know for a fact, right, um, that this is what I want to do. And again, that is attributed to the fact that you don't have enough information about what job opportunities are out there for you, what the jobs look like in real world, tangible examples. So like, what will it take for you to do the job day in and day out, right? And because you don't have that information, that 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 education around the thing, it leads you to feeling unqualified because you don't have enough information to be, feel confident in deciding or creating a career tent to move in that direction. So I believe that confidence is not due to a psychological issue. It's just because you don't have enough information to make well-informed career decisions or to know about what other ways you can use your degree, 
right? That's why social workers think when they get a social, and I was guilty of this back in the day, when social workers get their social work degrees, they think all they can do is case management and clinical work. That's why I'm here to say, no, you can do more. And I give you tangible examples every day, all day on my Instagram page of how you can use your, your degree outside of direct practice, direct service work. So my question for you all today is, are you, are you making career decisions based off of the feelings or facts? And if you are basing your career decisions based on feelings, you got a problem. You leaving money on the table. You missing life-changing opportunities because you don't have enough information to make a well-informed decision, All right? So I encourage you to start educating yourself. Start putting your place, yourself in places to get correct information. And so I wanna share two ways that I have for you to start doing that immediately. So the first is in that webinar, I shared an opportunity that I just created. It's something I've been wanting to do, but I was hesitant to do, but I, I'm doing it now. I'm offering a community, a low cost way to work with me for social workers right now and helping professionals. It's called the Good Jobs for Social Workers Community. It's a way for you to work with me on a monthly basis in a group setting around building your confidence to go get the good jobs that you want. So what this community is focused on is exposing you to correct career information around ways to use your degree, right? How many of you got a license and then you got the license and you're like, I, I don't like this, but they told me this is how I can make good money but I don't like it because it's still case management. Or I learned from someone the other day, because you all know I'm not clinical, that clinical social workers, even with their own private practices, are struggling to get clients and to make consistent income. I know that's not the standard across the board, so I'm not saying that's typical for everyone. But I didn't even know that. Right? So... This is a community where you can come learn more about ways to use your degree outside of direct practice, direct service work. I will have monthly, once a month, we'll have specialized workshops where we'll be covering topics ranging from building your confidence, again, which comes from educating yourself around what to do with your degree and how to use it. So we're going to have confidence building focus workshops. We're going to have professional development focus workshops. Many of you are in jobs right now where you're like, I don't want this job, but I want to move somewhere different within this organization. And you don't know how to make that happen. So in this, in this community, I will be teaching you how to create plans of action, tangible plans of action to start moving in the direction that you want to move in, along with some other things. Visit Macaron Pay down in the episode show notes and, and, and click the link and learn more about the opportunity. It's only $39 a month. We're gonna have um, co-working sessions because you need time 
to do what you say you're going to do. Because a lot of y'all say you're going to do a lot of stuff and ain't doing nothing yet. <laughs> so this is an opportunity to do some co-working, which I love co-working. It sends my production levels through the roof when I'm able to co-work with people. I learned about it in the height of the pandemic, doing my PA, doing my um, courses for my P my DOT program. And, I, and it's something that I will never like, it's a tool that I, a tool that I'll never stop using. So co-working, um, monthly career planning sessions where we're going to really date and spend time with our careers and set clear intentions and goals and practical and tangible steps, right? Um, I just remember earlier I talked about like how lots of you think you need to volunteer to get the job that you want, which is so not true if you got degrees and experience, right? But that's, I'm not going to get in that today. I talked about that somewhere else. That whole volunteer thing, it's not rooted in equity. If someone that told you that, if someone told you to volunteer that doesn't look like you, I want you to understand that that is not a, a good piece of career advice. Don't do it. Reconsider in the words of Andre 3000. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> you don't need a volunteer. You need a paid job. So we will be taking identifying professional development plans to really truly get the steps on paper that you need to get to where you want to be. And it doesn't involve volunteering and networking if you have experience. <laughs> okay. So click the link. I'm, I'm not gonna go all deep in the woods about the, the community. If you want to join, join. If you don't, you don't. I, I don't know. Um, but it's $39 a month. It's an opportunity. It's a great place if you are struggling with your confidence. If you sit in meetings in the back of the room, but in your mind, in your mind, you have aspirations of leadership, but you sit in the back of the room and people don't even know you in the building, you need to be in the community. You got a confidence issue. <laughs> if you sit in Zoom meetings with your camera off talking about your career, or in a business-related meeting about your job, and it's somewhere that you want to advance, and people don't even know you in the call, you need to be in the community. You got a confidence issue, okay? If, if you are sending jobs because you've been moving off of your feelings instead of facts, you got a confidence issue. You don't have enough information. So the community is for you. Um, also, at the end of the month, on October 22nd, I am offering a workshop uh, where I will teach you how to, and this is a two-hour interactive workshop. If you've been to my workshops before, you know I make you do work and you walk away with strategy. You know how to do the thing, right? Um, so this is a two-hour workshop where I'm going to teach you how to effectively read a job description to determine if you are qualified. Right. So that workshop is $97. There will be only 40 spots available. Once they fill up, they fill up. My last workshop last month filled up in less than a week. So I encourage you, if you want to learn how to start pulling out factual pieces of information, <laughs> how to determine what you really need degree-wise, degree experience-wise to go get the type of job you want, how to understand that in a job post because it's, it's not as simple as just scanning a job post for the word social work, social worker determine that you're qualified. 
for a clinical license. If you're doing it, you're doing it wrong. That's why you're stuck in the jobs you don't like, okay? So this workshop is for you. I will teach you how to decipher a job description, right? Um, just as an example, many of you sometimes see job descriptions and you're like, it says project management experience. And you're like, uh, do I have it or do I not? It, it strongly depends on the context in which the employer is using the term project management experience. And I will teach you how to decipher that and how to and teach you how to uncover if you have that experience as a social worker. So I encourage you to click the link down in episode show notes, purchase your ticket now sooner than later. That workshop is on October 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. This is a one-time only workshop. I won't ever run it back again. Um, you will have access to the replay for seven days. And then after that is going into the vault. So I encourage you to take advantage of that, especially if you were in attendance for my how to find the micro, meso, um, the micro, meso and macro social work jobs that you want. This is a continuation to that workshop. You all you all said you want to do attend. So I encourage you to attend. Um, all right. So that's all that I have. But that's my challenge to you all today to to be honest with yourself. And you can send me a message. Let me know. You could just drop in a message. Tell me, do are you have you been operating off of feelings or facts? Just send me the word feelings or send me the word facts. You could drop it on one of my posts on Instagram. It doesn't have to be any specific post. Just drop it somewhere. I don't know what it means. So tell me, have you been operating based off of feelings or facts? And if you've been operating off of feelings, it's time to change it. If you've been operate, operating off of facts, I dare you to really... Um, Look at those facts and determine if they were correct facts, right? Because a lot of you also make decisions based off of, like I said earlier, bad information. Bad information. All right. So y'all have a wonderful day. If you're new here, click the link. I got something down in the episode show notes for you as well. I have a free e-course. It's my gift. It's my love offering. It's my labor of love to help people start making change in their life, starting with their career. So if you are a person that's interested in mission-focused work and you are in case management type jobs, direct service jobs, you work with the people day in and day out, you don't have to be just a social worker, and you're like, I want to do more. I want to address some of these larger issues that I see in my work. I encourage you to click the um, link down in the episode show notes and get my e-course. Oh, oh, the biggest announcement out of all of that, if you don't know, Thursday... I am having a special guest on my Instagram page. Dr. Jessica Price actually is someone that I know in real life. I worked under her leadership. She was the executive director of a research institution that I worked for or worked in. Um, that was actually my second macro job. She will be a guest on my Instagram live chat on Thursday at 9 p.m., so if you are not already aware, set your alarm, tell a friend to tell a friend, update your calendars and planners. This is going to be a great conversation. Dr. Jessica Price is a world-renowned researcher. She is a social worker that every social worker should know. Um, she is very transparent about how her days on the front line as a child welfare caseworker has really fueled her work. As a researcher, as a public speaker, as a consultant to um, Florida legislature on policy changes and creations and around the child welfare system, as 
faculty um, of a child of a social work program where she prepares child welfare focused social work students for the workforce, all of the things. I'm not doing it any justice. If you want to know more about who Dr. Price is, I encourage you to Google her name, Jessica, doctor, put the doctor on the front, DR. Jessica Price, P-R-Y-C-E. She has a TED Talk, not a TEDx, a TED Talk, um, where she has well over, well over 1.3 million views where she is talking about um, the, and I'm doing it no justice, but the child welfare system and the glaring inequities within the system. So it's a, it's a TEDx, it's only a few minutes. Even if it wasn't, you need to go watch it. That's your professional development for the day. Go watch it to see how other social workers are using their degrees outside of direct practice work, case management work, okay? So go watch the TEDx. You can watch it on YouTube or you can watch it on Ted's website and then set your alarms, your calendars to come to my Instagram page, the underscore MSW coach to be a part, to, to be, to watch the live conversation I'm going to have with Dr. Price. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, and also I wanted to say this, Dr. Price is, she travels the world regarding her research. She is everywhere. She was on the news this week giving um, expert commentary on a child welfare case. And this wasn't a local news station, right? She's a big deal. And so this is, a, I, 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 I asked her to come as an opportunity to expose you all, career inspiration. See, I've been giving y'all career inspiration. Y'all just don't know that's what it is. When I bring guests onto my podcast, when I bring them onto my Instagram live, that's career inspiration. That's me exposing you to higher level conversations than case management, clinical work, right? That's me exposing you that you could do more than just entry level jobs. Y'all haven't even realized that. That's career inspiration. So if you if you at least listen to my podcast, you are you are educating yourself, which I love that. So me bringing asking Dr. Price and her saying without any hesitation, yes, I'll come on, is an opportunity for me to expose you all to other other ways to use your degree in your frontline experience than rather staying in very entry level positions. All right, so y'all got my point. All right, so tell a friend to tell a friend. I'll talk with y'all later. Happy macro career plan. I'm going back to bed. Bye. <laughs>